We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on packers fans welcome into another saturday edition the injury report edition of the pack a day podcast i am your host as always matt fralick alongside me janelle Mackey, who is a perfect person to have on for this episode living in minnesota always gets harassed by the Vikings fans, whether they're adults, children that she's around at school, or even she's taking the trip to the game this weekend in Lambeau. Unfortunately, Eli Berkovitz, a.k.a. Uncle Eli, will not be joining us tonight. Um, I, I think as the count came to Janelle when he was going through our message in our pre-production meeting, he's he's an uncle of, is it 14 kids? 17. 17, 17 nieces and nephews. Um, I know you and myself are... Uh, an aunt and uncle, respectively. I can't imagine having 17 nieces and nephews to uh, corral, especially on the holidays. Yeah, it, it is pretty crazy. But I mean, that's the life Eli's grown up with at this point. I think he has some nieces and nephews who are not much younger than him. So it's it's something he's good at. You know, he's the Funkle. And yeah, congratulations to, I think it was his sister mm-hmm. who welcomed mm-hmm. in a new baby boy. So they're busy celebrating his birth, so Eli will not be joining us tonight. Absolutely not. 
Uh, but first, before we get to injury report and get to some other Packers-related news, we got to get to something that just kind of came across the timeline yesterday that you were able to throw into the chat and say, hey, we got to bring this up. And I said, you know what? That makes sense. Uh, Haha Clinton Dix is retiring as a Green Bay Packer. Makes a ton of sense based off of his career, um, having some stints, you know, Dallas, Washington, and with the Bears. But ultimately, Haha Clinton Dix does retire as a Packer, um, currently the director of player development down in Alabama with Nick Saban getting ready for a BCS playoff game, um, or not a BCS playoff, they're not in a BCS playoff game, actually, that's uh, even more strange for the Bama uh, Tide, but he retires as a Packer, um, I know when he was selected in 2014, Janelle, for me, that was a pick going in that I was like, man, I really, really hope they go and get this safety. There were glimpses of greatness from him, but ultimately sometimes you didn't know if he was making business decisions by his lack of aggressiveness um, or if it was just the way the defense was being played at one point. But ultimately he does retire. And I think for me, um, it's a little bit for like it's a little bit shadowed with his just, you know, like I said, lack of aggressiveness and kind of the way his uh, career ended. But early on, was a ball hawk, was disruptive, and made some plays that were pretty big for the Packers from time to time. Yeah, in his five-year stint with Green Bay, he did have 14 interceptions, three forced fumbles. Um, I mean, yeah, he he was a guy who I think we were all excited about. And, I mean, he had the cool name, too. Coming out of the draft, it was like we got ha-ha, and it was just awesome. And, you know, obviously not everything is going to work out the way you want it to, but I do always think that it's super cool when players – want to come back and retire with the Packers. I think that just says a lot about this organization and the community about it and just what it means to him. And he did have the quote, you know, this is the team that gave me the opportunity to grow, create resources and invited me in his family. I wanted to be a Packer forever. I think that just speaks volumes when, you know, he's been, you know, he was here, but he was kind of bouncing around the league from team to team for a little bit there. But ultimately this is the place that, you know, was home for him in the NFL. And I think that's awesome. And, you know, stats aside, I love the player and the person. So I think it was just super cool. You know, it kind of came out of nowhere, the -hmm. retirement news. Um, But yeah, I just think it was super cool and I'm happy for him. And like you said, he's got the job lined up in Bama. So he's going to continue working in the football world. But I mean, yeah, just what an awesome way to kind of end out his NFL career by coming back to Green Bay and signing that one day contract. Yeah, Ben was with the Packers for four years. I misspoke. He it was in the practice squad with Dallas, played his last couple games with or for the LA or not the LA Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders. Um was traded in obviously 2018 to the Washington uh commanders at the time, probably the football team, maybe even the formal name um before that as well. Uh great for him, like I said, to be down in Bama because a lot of people that are with that Bama coaching staff have go on to bigger and better things, whether it be the collegiate level, the NFL level. Um, it's a good jumping off point when you're around Nick Saban, similar to the Sean McVay coaching tree that uh, if you have a cup of coffee with him, usually in a better situation going forward. And we can see that even with uh, Matt LaFleur, et cetera. So um, good for HaHa and being a part of that programming. Sounds like he's still got a just an absolute itch for ball and he gets out there with the boys, it sounds like, and um, gets down and dirty with the drills, a little backpedaling, works out with them. So good for him. Let's get to the injury report, Janelle. It is a slim injury report, which is strange, based off of we are in week 17 with a rivalry matchup between the Minnesota Vikings v. Green Bay Packers. Um, the I would say the ones, the, we'll start with the Packers side, 
because we were notable injuries from last week's game. Um, Christian Watson, obviously, he was banged up. He had the hip injury. Um, he was a DNP all week, did have limited participation on Friday. He is questionable. Obviously, coming off his huge return that should have been a touchdown, unfortunately, was not, was Keyshawn Nixon. Getting looks now even across the entire league. Guys are talking about him on Twitter a little bit with that groin. Um, it was strange. I think we it was at one point Randall Cobb was back there for a punt return. Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, and you uh, see, like, that... Dobbs back there, and all of a sudden you're like, whoa, what's 87 doing back there? And... <laughs> very que- very questionable decision from um, Mr. 87 to bring that one out of the end zone from that kickoff as well. Um but Nixon, yeah. DNP all week. He is questionable. That was the two big ones from the actual game down in Miami. However. Well, and Yash also went down. Yash went down. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, but he was limited all week with that shoulder and a full participant on Friday. Yeah. Um, so so that's good news. That is good news. And it only kind of, you know, David Bakhtiari with the knee and abdomen looks like he's going to play. You mentioned before we recorded, Matt LaFleur was quoted saying he's got the green light. Um, and it was kind of rumblings all week. And it will go through probably up until, you know, what would be, I always try to figure this out, two o'clock on, um, on Sunday of what that offensive line will look like. Because based off of Zach Tom's production, Yash's availability, like you mentioned, how do they figure out where David Bakhtiari slides in? Is it make sense to even not put Zach Tom out there? I think that's the big thing when I look at his injury report, um, how it's going to shake out. And I, I'm I'm curious on your thoughts of Zach. I don't know if there's a right answer or a wrong answer because I don't even know what the hell I would do at this point because like Zach Tom's been pretty, pretty damn good at left tackle. I don't think there's a reason to put, you know, sit Yash down because he's looked really solid unless that shoulder makes him not available to go. Then it makes an easy transition to put – Tom to the right, but what are your thoughts on this offensive line? Great to have Bakhtiari back more than likely, right? Like they're not going to rush him out there because we talked about that last week. Like if they were out of contention, they'd probably sit him down. We still are in contention based off that Miami Dolphins win that comeback come from behind win. But what are your thoughts, I guess, with David Bakhtiari coming back and like just the stability now with that offensive line? They've literally have everyone other than the guy, a rookie that's suspended from um, um, PEDs. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, yeah, we've got three offensive linemen here on the injury report. Yash with the shoulder, Elton Jenkins with the knee, and then Bakhtiari with the knee abdomen. But, I mean, Jenkins and Bakhtiari have basically been on this report all year long and Mm -hmm. been able to play. I'm really hoping that Yash can come in and play because I I just love Yash. I love everything he does on the field. I think he's a hard worker. And, yeah, his name pops up a few times. But, I mean, for the most part, he's able to stand his ground. And then with the Bakhtiari thing, I mean – we have seen multiple times that Bakhtiari will either be on a pitch count or he won't play a full game. So I think at this point, it's really good to have Zach Tom there to kind of be able to fill in the role. Cause I'm, if you have David Bakhtiari available, you play David Bakhtiari. Those are just kind of the rules though. You know, he's a great player, but if things kind of start to go a little South, if things get tweaked, if he's all of a sudden, you know, like, Oh, like something just doesn't feel right. I mean, it was the appendix surgery. So like, you have no idea kind of what going into this game could maybe feel like for him, but you have Zach Tom there that you can rotate in if you need to, or he's available. I think it's going to be, you know, it's hard for me to say I want Zach Tom to play over anybody who starts, but I think that's a good problem to have. And I think that's been a good problem. The Packers have had for a long time now where they just have so much solid depth on their line that, somebody good is going to be sitting and that's, you know, you want your best five out there, but when you have like six or seven really good linemen, 
some of them are going to have to sit. But I think that Zach Tom coming into his own and, you know, developing into a really, really good left tackle is going to be huge because Bakhtiari has not, you know, I don't even know if he's really played a full game this season with his injuries. So against, you know, a really, really tough pass rush for this Vikings team, I think it's going to be beneficial if Bakhtiari kind of tweaks something or if he just needs that break to be able to plug Zach Tom in and really not lose a beat. That's honestly, that's a really good, really good stance for you. I think I'm going to run with that too, is like have Bakhtiari out there. I, I do believe Bakhtiari's started and finished a few games, but it's been minimal, like two or three probably. And coming off the appendectomy, like that's a whole new ball game. Like you mentioned early on, like, yeah, the knee's one thing, but now it's like, okay, shit. Now we're dealing with a completely different injury in a completely different part of the body. Like, who knows? When what you wonder, like, like how hard are they really going in practice where he's able to get right. to like that 100% game feel? Like, are they actually exactly. rushing him 110%? Or are they, you know, kind of lenient and they're thinking that based on just what they're seeing in practice, he'll be good to go? 100%. So that that's what I'm, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to say they run out there. Um, with Bakhtiar at the left, Keaton Najman at the right, and keep the interior the same, and then just have Zach Tom available to go on either side because both those guys are dealing with injuries, like you, like we mentioned, um, between Najman with the shoulder and Bach with the knee and abdomen or appendectomy insertion. So that would probably make the most sense to me. Um, and like other injuries we're dealing with, um, you already mentioned Elton Jenkins with that knee limited all week, but he should have no issue not to go. Um, no injury status as of um, Friday. Aaron Jones dealing with some injuries as he has the last couple weeks of the season um, is an absolute warrior. Basically every week, I feel like no matter what he's trying going to try to roll out there. Um, well, he's that's still the Aaron with- Jones thing. It's, it's weird because, you know, obviously we're seeing all over the place, like where is Aaron Jones? Why isn't he getting the yeah. touches? And is it, you know, cause we kind of saw him go out in that bears game a little bit. And then all of a sudden he wasn't really being used in the dolphins game as much. So you wonder is it because of that knee ankle injury, like what's happening? But it's been really nice that Patrick Taylor has been able to come in and put together some nice plays for the Packers as well. So even if you have Aaron Jones in that limited capacity, which hopefully you don't, you still have A.J. Dillon. And then also Patrick Taylor has shown that he can be a reliable plug-in in in that position as well. And we had that instance, right, like you said, versus Miami, where it's like, where the hell is 33? And you come to find out, okay, he's had a lower body injury at the knee and the ankle. But like you mentioned, Patrick Taylor's been solid. I mean, there were a couple plays, um, you know, he had that one out of the backfield, which is really nice. But even just like his pass protection was really, really good Mm -hmm. versus Miami, where he was able to set up that, uh, that deep throw to Mercedes Lewis. Um, which was like the fifth option basically for Aaron Rodgers on that play, according to him. So it's, I mean, Patrick Taylor's a guy that I they've had they've kept around for a few years, right? Like he's had opportunities um, to you know prove himself, but he's also had opportunities to fall to the wayside with some other talent that they brought in at running back, and it's been a kind of a stable back there for the Packers for a, a number of years. So um, that's what it looks like for the offense, other than Aaron Rodgers dealing with that right throw on the knee. DNP on Wednesday, as we normally see, and kind of geared up through Friday with a full participation on Friday. So, yeah, and I think nothing. he was saying Wednesday, kind of like we usually see with Lewis, was that that rest day for him, more more or less. Exactly, exactly. So, um, on the defensive side of the ball, it's very minimal. We already mentioned Keyshawn Nixon, um, more of a special teamer at this point. Um, does play a little bit of uh, defense for us, but notably right now, getting a lot of that field though. And I think if you don't have him. It yeah. drastically changes the way that the offense runs. I think it. Do- I think it does too. Because like right now, there's we've seen what the other options are out there, and 
like you mentioned, Dobbs was I I was very underwhelmed. Um, Cobb back there is nothing to you know write home about, and I just think if Nixon well, can go, it'd be great. But like that groin injury seems that seems like a tough one. Well, and Dobbs have also has also been you know dealing with his own return from injuries yeah. and stuff like that, and you don't want to see him get you know light up on defensers or on uh, special teams on a return or something or you know whatever else could happen. Nixon, he just he looks comfortable like he was made for that role. And at this point, basically anything is a huge step down if he's not able to fill it in. And you also lose like lots and lots of yardage, like I was saying, with the offense. And Rodgers has praised him multiple times for it, for being able to just like get three first downs for them on their return. So I think especially against this divisional opponent, if you can have him, that's huge. But I mean, he hasn't practiced all week, so mm-hmm. it's starting to kind of, you know, he's questionable, but it's like, are they saving him are they you know just trying to show like optimism but they're going to make him a game time decision I don't know but he he definitely when I look at this injury report is the biggest name for me honestly yeah I would agree I mean because it's like the offense has ran and you mentioned Dobbs like he's came back pretty damn good with that ankle since the Rams game like no real setbacks we've seen him go out he hasn't been on any of these the last two weeks that we've done um injury breakdown so like he's fine but I would agree like Nixon's definitely up there for me um, cause like, like I said, the offenses ran fine without Watson or Dobbs or whichever receiver has been banged up, um, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Rudy Ford with that wrist in the knee, full participant all week. Chris Barnes has been dealing with that hand injury. He is still a full participant. Jair Alexander came up with a forearm. I don't remember that ever even happening versus Miami. If it did, uh, that was beyond me, but he was a full, full participant all week. Um, okay, he can't, he can't talk the up. shit that he has been and then not play. <laughs> I would I mean, agree. I would that would be that would be a, that would be yeah, a wild just, move. Yeah, just I mean, saying the stuff he's saying, he like you you assume that he'll be playing. And I mean, I really I genuinely hope because like Justin Jefferson, everybody knows he's good and you give him his kudos, like he's a phenomenal player. But I want to see the Jair versus Justin matchup. Like I think it would just be so fun, and I think that they'll really test each other and make each other earn every single play that, you know, goes that way. So I'm hoping that, you know, it's a forearm. Hopefully that doesn't impact him in any way, shape or form, but that's definitely like something I'm looking forward to for sure. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hundred percent. We haven't really seen, not seen, heard, seen, whatever. Um, Jair really be outspoken about any of his matchups, other than like in the pregame warmups versus the Bills, right? Him and Stefan mm-hmm. Diggs got into it a little bit, and you know he he handled himself, I thought, pretty well during that game. But I mean, obviously the Packers lost, and it's tough to be talking trash near the end of a game when you know you're kind of not getting burnt but it's like your team's losing um and for jefferson like with that matchup like he something notable just to keep an eye on like he is just under 200 yards he'd be 208 yards away from the all-time um single season record for receiving yards in a season with two games left to go from him um more than likely would play in week 18 based on i mean assuming how everything shakes out with dallas well they won last night on Thursday night. And then depending how it goes with the Eagles with their backup quarterbacks in there, um, Jalen hurts, probably not going to play. Like if they can get a higher seed, more than likely Justin Jefferson could break that record. If he averages over, you know, 104 yards a game, um, really, really would be sad if he somehow flirted with that in this week 17 matchup. But I think my guess is they're going to have a, if they, they have to have an action plan for him. And I know that Andrew, they talked about that um, on Thursday. It's like that's a huge X factor to to worry about. So you would you would hope that they're they're gonna slow him down somehow. Other than that, though, it's like the Vikings do have some pretty damn good offensive weapons that you have to I was do. Slow say, down. Even if you're able to like somehow manage to shut down Jefferson, there's still Thielen and Osborne and now Hawkinson, who they haven't faced yeah. as a Viking. So. It's going to be, you know, everybody on this defense is just going to have to be ready to go and play your best game. And it's going to suck not having Stokes. You know, I, I mm-hmm. see that every week, like how how bummed I am that we don't have Stokes in a game like that. But especially in a game like this where just his speed and intensity make up for a lot of things, it'll be really interesting to kind of see how things shake out. And I mean, kind of as we get into the Vikings injury report, which is very, very small, you know, not something we're used to seeing. Um, we'll probably be able to touch on one of the key things as to like how you can take away that air game. Yeah, hundred percent. So let's get into that right away. You mentioned um, the big one that we kind of called out um, and we'll get the other ones after there's only four people, uh, even on this entire injury list, two with statuses, two that are out one being um, Garrett Bradbury, their starting center with a back DNP all week. He's not going to play. You found a tweet from our boy, Sam Holman talking about the backup uh, center Austin Schlotman for the Vikings. He's currently ranked 49 out of 54 centers on PFF um, through five games, has allowed 15 pressures and one of the worst pressure rates in the league. Um, projected over all 15 games, he would lead all centers and pressures allowed. Like that's a significant stat line. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, you know, up the middle uh pressure wise for the Packers defense hasn't been all that great throughout this year however last game I feel like they did really solid you saw J. Ron Reed kind of explode Devontae Wyatt's been getting in the mix a little bit more TJ Slayton's been steady um you know Kenny Clark has his moments where he can explode so it's like that I think could be a matchup or an opportunity for the Packers to have a path to success whether that's through stopping the run game making them get to the outside with Alvin Cook 
Although I don't know if that's the best alternative for your defense to slow Delvin Cook on the edge. But I think, like you said, getting someone in the, in the, the lap of Kirk Cousins, not letting him get the ball down the field, mm-hmm. not letting Justin Jefferson run those you know 10-yard ins and setting up, you know, stacking the corners like he likes to do and then break out of those with his, his great route running and speed. Um, I think that would be a path forward for the Packers to possibly win this game. Yeah, I mean, if you can pressure Kirk Cousins, who is a statue behind a bad offensive line, and just make him throw, like, Hail Mary passes to Jefferson all game. I mean, Jefferson has been making, like, stupid good catches where it's like, how did he get that? Like, the defense is there. And a lot of those situations happen because Kirk is just throwing up a ball that, you know, it could go 50-50. But if you have Jefferson as your receiver, it makes it more like 80-20. So I think that – those could present really good opportunities with our defense as long as they're playing really well. If Kirk does, you know, get pressured and starts throwing up balls that are maybe more questionable, it could create more opportunities for either incompletes or possible turnovers. Or even if you get to Kirk Cousins, maybe he'll fumble it. Like you said, maybe taking away um, the up the middle rushes from Cook. But then there might be some mid-game adjustments that need to be made if they start peeling out or kind of what could be happening. But I mean, Vikings have they have an offense that finds ways to make it work and I'm hoping that just by getting a little bit more extra pressure this defense can kind of make it a little bit more complicated from the very beginning of the snap and then maybe shut plays down a little bit earlier by getting to Kirk Cousins or stopping the run. 100%. And one other injury to kind of look at on that offensive line is Ezra Cleveland, their starting left guard who plays next to Bradbury, but we'll play next to Schlotman, um, the backup. He's got a shoulder, limited participant Wednesday, Thursday, full on Friday, should be able to go, but those are always one of those injuries that you look for maybe like in the middle of the game, guy comes out and that could be a recipe for disaster for them up the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, They are currently sixth overall in giving up sacks throughout the season with 45 sacks. Um, I think that's significant. We'll see how they, you know, the Packers defensive front seven is able to impact with those injuries at home this weekend. The two other injuries to look at um, James Lynch, D lineman been on the team, been on their um, Vikings roster for a few years, kind of a rotational edge guy. He backs up um, Delvin Tomlinson who's having a pretty damn good year. Also has a shoulder injury DNP. He is out for Sunday's game. And then the other one on the defensive side of the ball is Cam Dantzler um, with an ankle full participant on Wednesday. But then was out, or excuse me, not listed on Thursday and Friday. And I thought that was kind of notable, kind of strange, especially with an ankle injury. You go full participant on Wednesday, and then they don't say what your status is like throughout the rest of the week. I thought that was strange. And I do remember um, listening to the game, watching the game um, this last weekend. I want to say that the the Vikings are actually like dead last or in the bottom three of um, past defense throughout this year. And that's kind yeah, of shocking. They're terrible. And it's like, you would think, you know, Cam Dancer, who's been on their team for a while, I think he's up and down a little bit. They have Patrick Peterson, who I know is on the back end of his career. But I thought just like based off of those two guys, plus with um, Harrison Smith, like they'd be pretty solid. I think it's really like their nickel corners that are in their, you know, third and fourth corner that's kind of slowing them down a little bit um, with their pass defense. And you look at even just like, you know, for them, there's no real other huge injuries. We always like to look at, especially at this time of the year, like injured reserve guys, um, Andrew Booth. He's out. Uh, Lewis Kine, I believe, was having a good season for them in the back end. So, I mean, Irv Smith's the main one, um, and that was essentially why they went and got uh, T.J. Hawkinson from the divisional 
Lions just to have another tight end, and that's worked out for them in bunches, as you mentioned, Janelle, like just a guy that's you know another option for them at this point for um, Kirk Cousin that often. So small list for the injuries this weekend. I don't really know how I feel that it's coming down to week 17. I really, really wish this game was week 18, but that's not to say that the Lions couldn't be a potential snafu in this Packers um, situation to you know get bounced from the playoffs or somehow limp themselves in um obviously as everyone knows they need the Browns to win this weekend versus the Washington Commanders who all of a sudden are starting Carson Wentz or Taylor Heineke I thought that was a questionable decision from them maybe there's an injury I missed uh but ultimately the Packers have to win this game that's really that's they're all there is to say um, I guess the last question for you, Janelle, is there any of these injuries for the Packers that you specifically think that think give them a better opportunity, you know, having more guys back than they did in week one? Or does it give them less of, you know, more a little bit less of an advantage based off of maybe someone like Rayshon Gary, who's out for the year? With the, the Gary, Gary being out is huge, especially given yeah. the state of the, the Vikings offensive line. And I mean, you, you've missed him all year long that he's been hurt because he was doing so phenomenal even when the team was struggling. So it, it really sucks to not have him because he's just, you know, he's another force to be reckoned with. And with a not very good offensive line that's kind of banged up, would have been huge to have him. So I'm hoping that, you know, guys are going to be able to step up and, you know, do their due diligence in honor of Gary. And like I said, it, I really miss Eric Stokes in the backfield, mm. but honestly, I think that this game, kind of similar to what I was thinking with the Dolphins, is just going to come down to offense and whose offense is clicking more because, you know, the, the Vikings defense, as good as, as good as they've been in past years, they just don't seem to be it this year, you know, and I don't know if that's just with the KOC hiring, if they're more offense-based now, which, I mean, is very possible because Zimmer was very defense-focused. Oh, yeah. So there could just be a shift in that. But, I mean, the Vikings have really good weapons on their offense, and it could pose problems for our defense. And kind of similar to the Dolphins, I was like, you know what? This might just be an offensive shootout, and you're just going to have to go out there and find ways to score and not just settle for three, find ways to execute in the red zone, which has been a huge problem for the Packers is that red zone. So maybe just, you know, throw 30 yard touchdowns and call it good. But yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting. Not supposed to be super cold at Lambeau. Um, should be pretty good weather, but I'm hoping that the home field advantage takes force. And yeah, I mean, there's just a lot riding on this game and it's weird to have to come down to that because I don't think any of us anticipated needing this win for our playoff hopes, but it's going to be huge. And the Packers want to keep their playoff hopes alive and the Vikings want to be the ones to squander it. So it's going to be just, I'm hoping it's just like an electric game, but yeah, for the sake of everything at hand, Packers need to come out on top of this one for sure. Yeah, I think based off of just the injuries that are going on right now, I don't think there's any that are like super impactful. Getting David Bakhtiari back is great. Elton Jenkins is back from obviously that week one matchup. But I think the Rayshon Gary one's a huge one. Not yeah. to have someone come off the edge, but that offense line that struggles a little bit. Um, last note I want to bring up is uh, Vikings are top five in rushing yards allowed with that front seven, which is shocking because they don't really have any like big names anymore up front. Like I said, Delvin Tomlinson's a pretty good player. He's having a really good season with them. Um, they still have Daniel Hunter. Uh, you know, 
just a couple kind of just some no-name guys up front, at least from my standpoint. Um, Zedaria Smith, obviously, is playing damn good football right now and making Packers fans a little disappointed that they let him go. And you know he's um, going to come in and want to make a statement. So Oh, gosh, yeah. Him down is really huge. Well, and no you doubt. also Chandon Sullivan, who's been surprisingly yep. good for the Vikings. And, you know, on in that Colts game, you know, had two huge plays called back. So, you know, you've got a lot of former former teammates and coaches who are going to want to come into Lambeau and shut this team down. So all the more reason to really go in there and play the best game of your season so far. I agree. And like you mentioned towards the end of um, just like injury stuff and whatever, like I think, yeah, if they, if they can't Packers being, if they can't get the, I mean, red zone offense was horrendous last week. Very frustrating to watch. If they can't fix that this week, they don't have a, a reason to win. Um, so if they can fix that and somehow, you know, move the ball down the field with the run game a little bit, even though it's like, like I said, statistically, the Vikings are pretty damn good. If they can spread the ball out to that suspect, um, defensive back group. And like you mentioned, the weather's pretty favorable. Like it's pretty fair skies, 20 to 30 mile or 20 to 30, um, degrees Fahrenheit, no precipitation looking out in green Bay right now. It's there's minimal snow out here it's been melting for days and days and days and to think seven days ago is an absolute blizzard and just disgusting weather out um should be pretty easy and it should be pretty easy for your uh travels you know to come to the game what is i know you're leaving on sunday morning you said mm-hmm. like right in the what's what's the day look like i know it's a huge trip when the mackies make a trip to lambeau field so what's uh the last couple minutes here on the the, the sode here what's what's the what's the itinerary to get to green bay and get ready for kickoff for 325 yeah, so I think I will be leaving my place bright and early at 6 o'clock in the morning. I'll be going with my mom to my sister's because I'm taking my older sister to the game with me. She gets a little day trip away from the kids, so my mom is going to go down and babysit along with my sister and her fiancé. So they'll all meet there, hopefully be able to depart from uh, southern Minnesota around 8 o'clock so we can get in, you know, hang around, enjoy Lambo. I don't think she's been there since the wild card playoff game against the Giants. So yeah, got to get mom out of the house, you know, get her some beers, let her go crazy. And I think it's going to be really beneficial because Matt LaFleur wants it to be loud. And yeah, she's the most extroverted of the Mackies. So I think that's going to play a huge role. Plus, you know, we have end zone seats. So she's her, her voice will be heard for sure. <laughs> so what, what I lack, you know, with my little introvert, introverted self, she makes up four tenfold. So bringing in the big guns, it'll be a good time. And yeah, she she will make sure everybody knows exactly what she's thinking <laughs> during that game. Do you guys have any traditions? Um, I'm always fascinated by this, especially people that travel out of town, because um, my traditions, I feel like, have dwindled since living in Green Bay. Like, mm-hmm. But I feel like, are, do you guys have any traditions once you get to the stadium? I know a lot of people like to go to Kroll's. Some people like to go to the pro shop and get something. Some people like to get in right when the doors open and go drink at maybe 1919. Like, what what's the Mackie tradition at, at this point um, with your guys's, I guess, fandom? Yeah, I know. It kind of depends on who I go with. If I go with my dad, there's usually a little bit of a tailgate. He'll bring his little grill and stuff like that. Last year, I went with my brother and we just kind of walked around, did some shopping, you know, just checked out all the vendors in the parking lot and enjoyed ourselves around Lambeau. I know I love to go get Krolls. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, they're kind of one of the staples that I need to go get to. So, you know, there's a chance that maybe we hit up Krolls after 
the game while the traffic is settling out. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we don't have too many traditions outside of just go there and watch them win. So, <laughs> I mean, that's been, you know, a pretty good tradition so far. But, yeah, we'll kind of see what time we arrive, kind of what we have time for, and just kind of what's going on. So, yeah, maybe grab a drink somewhere or do some shopping. We'll kind of see uh, how the day pans out. But, yeah, ultimately get there by game time is the plan. It's like a five-hour drive. From where we're leaving from so yeah it's gonna be gonna be a long day and then hopefully monday travel is good but yeah i mean i i don't know if she's ever been to a packers vikings games because she's married to a vikings fan so she has been to vikings games before but i have never been to a packers vikings game i don't know if she has really or not okay. so yeah i've been to packers bears games so this will be my first game watching like the like I know Packers and Bears are the rivals, but it's like the Vikings are my biggest rival given where I am. So, yeah, there's a lot of stress. Like I'm sweating just talking about it because like I'm a very, very optimistic person, and I'm gonna go in into that game expecting the win. But like I also have my reasons to be very stressed and nervous right now. <laughs> so, hundred yeah, percent, it, it's gonna be a long, long few days getting to that point. But I know just like. I no, it's like it doesn't even matter what happens. Lambo is just it's the best place in the world, and like I'm just a much happier person when I'm in that bowl. So, like it, that day is gonna come, and like you know it's a, a long two days away for me right now. But I just I'm I'm looking forward to being back. So it's been over a year now. So yeah, no matter what, we'll make sure that it's a good time. I can't believe you've never been to a Vikings Packers game. That's crazy. I'm trying to think. I know I have once. Um, and I do recall the Vikings fans. I was like, damn, that it's just Vikings fans are just a different breed. Like they're just not, and you live, you live, you know, fully at ground zero in enemy yeah, territory. Well, I, it's I, just, I've been to a Packers different. game with a Vikings fan because my buddy came out to visit when I was living in green Bay, Okay, but we okay. went to the Packers Texans game and he just tagged along because he really wanted to see Lambeau field. So I was like, yeah, yes, of should. course, like go for it. So Yeah. I it'll be interesting because like I've been a game you know Giants fans were cool Texans fans were cool Seahawks fans were you know eh, Bears fans you know how they are but it'll be really interesting to kind of see how Vikings fans behave in our territory because I'm here I'm in their territory so it's like mm -hmm. they're comfortable here but it'll be interesting to kind of see how they are at Lambeau. 100%. And for your sake, every time, I just hope they win because <laughs> you're you're going back then on Tuesday, I imagine, to school yeah. or Monday, whatever yeah. it is. Tuesday, because you're traveling Monday. And if you come back from a extended Christmas, New Year's break with an extra day or two, what is it, from the snow day or from um, a snow day, like kids are going to be just ch just chirping Miss Mackey. So I hope there's there's there's... Yeah, I really hope there's a Packers wing because that would be a, a rough thing to come back to on January 3rd. Yeah, they might not see me. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, as we wrap up here, Janelle, one, safe travels, you guys. That's going to be an awesome game for you. Um, where can everyone get all your content you're putting out these days? And uh, let us know where to follow you. Yeah, everything that you can find will be over on my Twitter at Big Mac underscore four every Wednesday over on open book with game on Wisconsin with Eli and Zach. Um, and then obviously pack a day every Saturday here with Matt and usually Eli, but um, 
you know, one of these days we'll get us all together. As long as two of us are here, we're running afloat. And yeah, I mean, we're, we only have, you know, one regular season injury report left after this. So hoping that we'll be able to talk some playoff injury reports, but I mean, if not, it's been a fun season for sure. And yeah, those are the two main outlets right now that you can find me at. And then, yeah, just keep up with my Twitter page because who knows how it's going to get with, you know, Packers Vikings weeks. It, it gets a little, it can get a little hectic. And usually I try and, I try and be good, but you'll stumble across something stupid and you just have to say something. So, I mean, that's what the rivalry is all about, you know, give and take. So yeah, it'll be, it'll be a fun few days for sure. Agreed. Uh, you can, for myself, you can find me on Twitter still at Matt underscore Frey underscore. That's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Um, like Janelle and like Eli, you can find us every Saturday, Pack a Day podcast. Like Janelle said, one more regular season injury report to get to. Um, it could be a very underwhelming injury report based off of the expectations going into week 18, depending how this weekend goes, or probably the most important injury report and game preview um, throughout this entire season, win and possibly get in depending if the Browns can somehow beat the um, the commanders or if we still need some help come week 18 but we'll have those scenarios all laid out on pack a day podcast um, throughout this entire week leading up after the Vikings game as always make sure you're getting all your content through pack a day podcast wherever you get your um, I guess wherever you get your podcast on the YouTube side with Andy putting out some great content there just exceeded 10,000 subscribers there which is incredible um, on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, wherever, and Twitter, of course. Um, my other content, you can find me on Mondays via Game on Wisconsin um, on the final dump, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, live stream between me and Brendan Drozinski, flushing everything from the previous game and setting up us for the game ahead and doing a little bit betting scenarios with our segment significant to some. Um, Janelle, I will see you in the new year, hopefully with the Packers win. Yes, and, of course. Um, as always, go, go back. Go. Go.